VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there, Sunranto listeners. It's Danny Rocket. I just got a quick message for you. As you may have noticed, we haven't really been putting too much out on this feed besides some of the John Baker Day interviews, and we haven't really done a regular Sunranto show in a while. It's because we've been going live, uh, doing a live broadcast, and that's kind of turned into doing a pre- and post-game, and um, it's been kind of fun. So, you know, after seven years of doing this podcast, it was probably time to do something a little bit different uh, then just sit around. Now, I'm not saying I'm done with the podcast, but it's something that we're going to basically do right now for the most part is go pre and post game and try to have as much as fun as possible. I'm sure that's going to turn into a whole big fat kind of show looking weirdo thing eventually. Anyway, anyway, uh, I just want to thank you for being uh, a Sunranto uh, listener, but you should become a subscriber and then you will get these post game shows early and ad free which is way better than late and with ads. This show's going to have ads in it that you're going to have to fast forward or listen to. Uh, so why don't you become a subscriber? It is a dollar a month. You get your own RSS feed, patreon.com slash sunranto. It helps us pay the bills, which have actually gone up recently because of us using StreamYard and stuff. Uh, we will continue to try to make this an audio experience as well. Uh, hopefully not too much of what we're telling you is only visual, but I know some of it will be. Uh, so uh, anyway, you can tune in nightly and watch us, um, and you can get these post games in your inbox if you subscribe. So patreon.com slash sunranto. Uh, there's perks at all the different levels, including getting um, all the high-quality versions of all the sunranto, my songs, that I put out there throughout the year. Um, so just check it out. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Lucho Scali Sunrento Michael Sunrento Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Michael Cotton Sunrento Lucho Scali Sunrento Oh man, we tried to do something and it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Sunranto show slash pregame extravaganza Cubs Sox crazy weekend going on uh, with uh, me, Danny Rocket, and of course we got and creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree. Yeah, it, now why are you drinking that piss ass beer, Crawley? <laughs> What's going? Drinking a Coors Light tonight? Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? I got well, the I'm Mars be honest with reunion. You. I'm in Illinois, and I'm uh, uh, as you guys know, I've been up in Wisconsin uh, most of the time. I just started getting back to Illinois again, Illinois, and uh, honestly, my beer supply here is really low, and my beer supply in Wisconsin is pretty good. So I got Club Four Hundred up there. I just don't have anything here, so 
Hey, you got you beggars can't be choosers here. I mean, yeah, you'd literally have to be a, a literal beggar for your occupation to drink Coors Light, if you ask me. <laughs> I was going to say it's not even Coors. Like, at least go for the banquet beer, bud. Come go, on, go for the mountains. So uh, this this is going to be a cool show. I was drinking we the got, banquet. Uh, I was drinking the banquet when I was in Colorado. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and why would you do that anyway? Colorado's got tons of microbrews and all sorts of great stuff. And uh, you know, I don't know. Crawley keeps disappearing. He's he's really blurry. Yeah, it's that Wisconsin internet. You know, they they must be rationing no, up there. He's in Illinois. He's oh, just Illinois. He's in the in the woods in Illinois somewhere. Yeah, Carrie Bronner Meyer writes in Crawley's video feed looks like he's in some <laughs> sort of witness protection program. It's true. It really does. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you. Plug, plug yourself in there, Crawls. Uh, so anyway, this is a White Sox weekend. So we've got Josh Nelson, our longtime friend of this podcast, coming on the show, which I'm, I'm super excited about. That guy's way more knowledgeable than all three of us put together about the White Sox than we are about the Cubs, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And the way that he breaks things down is uh, on a completely different level. We like to just kind of have fun and talk about, like, you know, somebody looks like an asshole when they're swinging. They're swinging like a pig, stuff like that. And he's like, yeah. Josh, Josh is like, no, he's just not barreling the ball at a full 14% rate. And blah, 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 oh, and, his, and, and his toe is at 47 degrees when it should be at 48. And he's really knows what he's, he knows what he's talking about as well. Yeah. So he's going to come on the show later and talk to us about the White Sox and how they're going to stack up against the Cubs. And I, I actually looked up a bunch of stats in an old school kind of Sun ranto way that I will share with you later. Uh, but I have a couple of announcements but I, that I wanted to to kind of get out there before we start the show uh, to all the Sunranto uh, li- normal listeners. I know we've been doing these pre and posts, but it's kind of we- it's kind of weird because we never have done a show. We've been doing John Baker Day, and then we didn't really do a Sunranto show, and it's been all pre and post. But I, I figured uh, I-, I wanted to like talk about a couple things just real quick. Uh, first of all, a shout out to Lisa Cram, longtime listener of the show. Great friend, I've hung out with her a bunch out in California. Uh, she's she's ha- having a like a cancer scare right now, or you know, a situation with cancer, and it's scary. So I just wanted to you know say that we're all thinking about her. I know she had some surgery today, and I guess it went really well. I saw on Facebook, so just get well soon, Lisa. I just wanted to shout you out right away. Oh, for sure. We're hoping you, we we hope you make a speedy recovery. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, 2020 is like absolutely undefeated in its suckiness. Um, so uh, the other thing I want to talk about is is where we're at in John Baker Day. I know a lot of you guys have been out here supporting uh, the Lost Boys and supporting our our uh, you know efforts to raise them money. And we are going to continue to do that. Uh, please go to lostboysinc.org. That's Lost Boys with a Z. And uh, and give them money, you know, just donate to them directly. It doesn't have to go through us like it has in past John Baker days where we kind of pooled it all together. It's just about we, we made the matching gift, I think, on the last show. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to do a shout out to all the ranchers who participated in that. We got a K for the kids. That was excellent. Everybody stepped up, uh, put some money towards it. It was, it was great. So thank you all. Yeah. And it, here's the uh, the the uh, organization down there, the website, lostboysinc.org. Why don't they say orge? They say, <laughs> they say, they say, Jif. 
No, so no, they don't. Nobody does. <laughs> or orgy, orgy is, is you know like you just added a Y to that. Lostboysinc.org is a whole different uh, scene. But um, I did want to mention this. I don't want to go into it in any way, shape, or form. But our uh, the the shirt we were selling to raise money for the Lost Boys Inc. It got canceled. Got canceled on Twitter. And uh, the reason I don't want to go into right now, but, you know, there's there was some controversy about, you know, basically that being a performative gesture uh, in out of context. Uh, I think we can talk about that. I think this could be a great uh, like discussion and learning experience about when we do do the next John Baker Day show where we're going to continue our anti-racism campaign. Uh, talk about black baseball in Chicago. I still think that these uh, conversations need to happen. They're important. Uh, and I think this could be part of it. So this was the shirt that we were selling. Somebody didn't like it. They uh, so we just took it down in in order to not have it be about controversy. Because I'm going to say this right now: this thing was never about a shirt. You know what I mean? Right. I find it to be a shame, but I think it's worth having this discussion so that we can get to the other end of it. It's all about having difficult conversations so that we can get to a better place. So that's. Yeah, and I, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's we don't want to cause controversy when we're just trying to be straightforward. That was the whole idea of the shirt is just be straightforward. And um, and you know, I do hear people talk about the performative aspect of a lot of this stuff, and sometimes it is. But you know what? Performative leads to normative, right? So how many times have we heard "fake it till you make it"? Right? You you fucking look. Maybe you see somebody wearing an anti-racist shirt and you think, ah, fuck that dude or whatever. But you know what? The more you see that, the more it goes into your head, the more you see anti-racist stuff, you know, don't be a dick, don't be racist, all this different stuff, that slowly does start to make a difference. And it does create a uh, subconscious sort of acceptance of what we're trying to work at. So – uh, I can 100% back Danny and Crawley and everybody who's been a part of this. Uh, the anti-racist shirt for us was not performative, but even even if you think it is, it's putting it out there. It's that's the message we want. We want that to get out there that it's not cool to be racist, to be dicks to people. So. Well, and they call it, there's a lot of buzzwords going on. I think it might be generational too. Virtue signaling kind of thing is what it's been called as well. I think it's worth the conversation, but maybe not for this show. But go ahead, Carl. I, I want to let you weigh in on this real quick. Or not. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people don't know that I have um, Latino, Latino. Can you hear me? Kind of. Can you hear me? <laughs> it's It's touch and go. It's it's not great. Am I yeah, just choppy or what's blurred. going on? Yeah, it's you're choppy. You're you're late. <laughs> you're late and choppy. Your internet, I think, sucks ass. Is really, I think, what it's coming down to right now. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, you can you can wait. You can tell us in the chat what you were going to say <laughs> if you want. But uh, yeah, we're we're having trouble uh, getting you. Maybe yeah, maybe uh, uh, get in and out. Uh, all right, we lost Crawley for a moment. But yeah, and here's the thing: 
I come from the Abby Hoffman school of activism. And if you don't know who Abby Hoffman was, he was uh, the founder of the Yippies. And the Yippies did all sorts of crazy shit. Like they went to the stock exchange, New York Stock Exchange, and they took dollar bills and they threw them over. They stopped trading on the New York Stock Exchange so that these traders who are just greedy little bastards, they, they stopped to pick up these dollar bills instead of trading millions of dollars That's in awesome. futures. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there's a, there's all sorts of ways that I think you could go about it. I don't think there's one way or another. There, you look a lot better there, Crawley. Now, but um, but but I anyway, well, I don't you. see. Perf- I, you I agree much. with you. I appreciate that. But performative it becomes normative. I think there might be a generational kind of um, disconnect here. Uh, I talked to Levante about it all as well, and uh, you know he was pissed off as like we were. So, and he's also 44 years old. So, you know, right. I think, yeah. Hmm. Wonder, I, I wonder what that has to do with it. I mean, I mean, we're all hitting a number there. Yeah. So, um, you know, as somebody that um, might, a lot of people don't know this, but my family came from Ecuador in South America um, in the 1960s. Okay. And so a lot of times um, my grandparents didn't speak English. My grandfather was okay. My grandmother, not really good at all. And my mom was really in charge of kind of helping them out as far as translating and doing those type of things. And I guess I'm just frustrated by the whole situation and maybe it is my age or something. But back then they used to tell me a lot about how much it meant to them when people kind of reached out to help them out when they were having difficulty with certain things, reading certain documents, understanding certain things. So um, I've always been on the side that if you're willing to help, I don't care, you know, what, you know, whatever you're doing, if it's for a good cause and you're trying to help people, I always think about that aspect of it. I think about my grandparents and the struggles that they went to, to come to this country and they, you know, everyone became citizens. My grandparents and my mom eventually became citizens in the 1980s, but you know, all the people that were helpful and, and, I, 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 I never look at people that are helping in a negative way, I guess. So I, I guess that's just not in my thought process, but everybody's thought process or experiences can be different. And, and listen, this is a weird year. You know, people are a little knee jerky. It's, it's, it's easy to, I think, uh, I mean, people are, are, are tense, you know, for, and so I just think it was the, the easier choice just to, you know, and it was definitely the right choice for obvious shirts to take that down because they did us a, a huge favor. Uh, and also I, I wanted to point this out too. We raised, uh, over about $2,000. For Lost Boys with that shirt, seventy-seven shirts were sold. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah, and so it really actually did go very well. So and that's probably more money than we've ever raised with a John Baker Day shirt. So regardless of whether you know you agreed with the sentiment or thought it to be performative or whatever it is, it was still a success. And so now let's be very proud of that. You know, and now that we know that there's only seventy-seven of them out there in the world. My shirt happens to be worth 500 bucks. Exactly. So feel free to start bidding, people. But I will say go this. On, we, go, on, go, on, go on eBay. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, still, we still have the John Baker Day face masks for sale out there. And uh, the, 100% of the proceeds are still going to go to the Lost Boys through Joe at Obvious Shirts. And thank you so much for making this. Uh, I will suggest getting the large if you are an adult. There's a large and a small. Get the large. And uh, it is actually very comfortable. It is satiny. 
And I will say that about all the obvious shirts. Uh, all, lingerie all on your face. Yeah, it's like lingerie on your face, ex- it, which, except for not in the exciting way that you normally would get it. So uh, why don't we just leave that there? I think we could talk more about, uh, because we are dealing with, it, with that in the John Baker Day talks about you know race and baseball, and the things that we're handling. So why don't we leave that there, and let's get into some Sun Ranto-isms. And, uh, Pardon the interruption, but the Sun Ranto show is brought to you by Bet Online. Um, sports are coming back. So it is your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expensive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet Online, your online wagering experts, and we sp- Thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Uh, Michael. So I picked up this rake at Home Depot. I know you Whoa. got a rake from Home Depot. I do have a rake from Home Depot. I have rakes. I have fucking saws. I have uh, blowers. I have all sorts of shit. It sucks. Uh, but the rake we are interested in is Ian Happ. I mean, everybody knew that was coming. In the last week, Happer has eight hits and 27 at-bats with four walks. Six of those eight hits were for extra bases, including three dongs. His OPS is 1184, and he's on fire. Uh, the only bad thing is that he also has 12 Ks, which is about a 36% K rate, which is not very good either. But uh, Danny took everybody out. I'm not sure why. I usually like talk to him about this, but whatever. We'll move on. Uh, Crawley, do you have the flakes drop? <laughs> I do not have any drops. <laughs> we, no, well, I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, we definitely, we definitely dropped the ball. I mean, we did that. I told you I was coming. Oh, man. That's always holding us up is whenever you're coming. Uh, the Flakes. This would be KB's slot, but because he's been out a few games and we're going to assume it was his wrist and not ding it for him, ding him for it. Uh, instead, we have to give this one to Javier Baez, which is not a flake I've given very often. Uh, he deserves it though, with a 0.074 average in his two for 27 week. He has two hits and one walk with 15 strikeouts. And uh, I'm looking at the advanced analytics on this one. And it says, you don't get hard hit balls if you miss completely. So, yeah, can we talk that's about problem? Let's talk about Javi real quick. And no, there will be no Javi chimes in an Ivy Envy way. <laughs> um, but what do you think is going on there? I mean, uh, he's striking out a lot. I mean, that was always his reputation before swinging at bad pitches. But that's not what happen- is happening now. He's swinging at pitches in the strike zone and just straight missing them. I've never seen that before in my life. He is swinging out of his shoes at all times. Um, Javi has never really had like uh, a bunch of different approaches 
at the plate. You know, he, he's not like Rizzo. He doesn't choke up after two strikes or anything like that. He just, he generally just does go for it. But for whatever reason, right now, man, he's just not making contact. I mean, can, can you remember a stretch where he was letting balls, you know, I mean, it's not like he's getting grooved a bunch of pitches all the time, but like, yeah. Do you remember a situation where he let that he looks so kind of, I don't know, behind, you know, like not in, I was that. thinking the same thing. He does seem like he's behind the ball, just a touch. And then he's, you know, he's still swinging out of his shoes and I don't know. He, something is definitely not right. We've seen him, uh, foul a few balls off his foot and uh, he came in hobbling a little bit that day uh, when he came running in home. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's, he doesn't in the field. He seems fine. So I don't think it's a, a leg or foot problem, but I don't know. There's, there's something going on. It's, it's gotta be more mental than physical in right now. So yeah, or maybe the pitchers figure something out. I mean, maybe it's something that we haven't seen because we are not professionals at this and we don't know what specific spot that he's missing because he used to miss that down and away and now they're throwing a different pitch and he can't hit it. Well, Bill Sugas writes in, maybe it's a new COVID symptom. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? You lose your sense of taste and smell and you also can't hit 88-mile-per-hour freaking grooved-ass fastballs right down the middle. <laughs> Maybe we never realized how much smell had to do with Javi's hitting. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I can smell the ball coming. <laughs> um, by the way, shout-out to uh, Raymond Veles is uh, writing in. And I actually bumped into Raymond. I'm, all right, I'm, I'm at Target yesterday, okay? I got my mask over my face like this, this exact Cubs thing. I look like this. Raymond Raymond knows this because he bumped into me yesterday. I was upstairs. Uh, I, I forget. I, I was looking for a, uh, a uh, salt shaker, actually, because I can't find mine. Like, somehow I lost my fucking uh, salt shaker. I was like, the fuck is my salt? <laughs> so, anyway. Nothing I didn't drives end up buying, me more nuts. And I didn't even end up buying one because Target will only sell you a salt and pepper shaker at the same time. I'm like, I don't need a fucking pepper shaker. I just need a salt shaker. And that's and where can't... Danny Rocket draws the fucking line. Yeah, and I'm like, that's it. I'm not getting a salt shaker. I'm just going to poke holes in the top of the big fucking tube now. <laughs> anyway, is it Raymond Velez writes in. He says, shout out to meeting Danny Rocket in person at a Target that one time, which was yesterday. He says, great man. And I totally agree. I am a, I am a great person to know. But no, he, he was. he goes, are you the guy from that uh, TV show outside the Ivy? And he was a fan of ours. So he, he watched and said it was really fun to listen to like three dudes sit around and like talk about the Cubs in a way that a real fan would. And, um, you know, and that's kind of what we do. It. And so I said, well, here, man, subscribe to the YouTube yeah, <laughs> and hey. uh, tune on in. So welcome, Raymond. And it's great to see you, man. Um, so uh, it, we were on blows, weren't we? No, we were on throws. No, we were on throws. Okay, all right. Danny gets so excited about blows. Uh, okay, I'm going to give a tip of the hat to Adbert Alzali. Uh Tonight for the throws this week, he pitched in a doubleheader and went for his game. He went five innings through 70 pitches for two hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. That is a good outing for this youngster. I was really excited to see that he showed up and he put, pitched well for that game. Um, 
I hope we get to see a little more of him. What do you guys, I mean, what was your, your takeaway from that game? Anything well, different? I, what I want to know is, uh, you know, Crawley, do you think that Adbert Alzali can be a part of the bullpen or should they, because this is what I was wondering about. Should they make him a part of the bullpen or should they use his stretch outedness? And it went really well. I know that's not a word, but but he's stretched out to start. Do you take this away from Chatwood at this point and use Chatwood towards the back end of the bullpen with his like 97 degree heat? Or like, what do you do? Cause Mills, and we'll get to Mills in a second, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, you're talking about Chatwood, but. Do, do, I guess what I'm saying is, do you take one of those dudes? Well, Chat was hurt right now, so do right. you? That's true. And but I don't think he's be gone that long. I hope not. It's his back. But do you think they should replace Alzali or Chatwood with Alzali? So in a season as short as this and small sample sizes, everybody was ready to say Alec Mills is the guy. Everybody was ready to you know say Chatwood was the guy. I just I don't know. I mean, you you had one good start from Alzali, great tip of the hat. But I I, I don't want to anoint him as the next starter or anything else. I, I'm just going to you know kind of just uh, wait and see what he does. He looked good. You know, can he do it over a sustained period of time and can he stay injury free? That's that's the question that remains to be answered. Yeah, that's what happened when he showed up uh, in his first game. He pitched a, a really nice game at Wrigley in his debut, and then later he wasn't able to you know, do the same thing. So, you know, who knows? Is he a one-hit wonder every year type of a deal? Like, we, he shows up and pitches good, makes his mark, and then he just can't repeat that? I don't know. Uh, but maybe it's an Alec Mills, Adbert Alzali sort of piggyback situation. They don't seem to be doing that, you know. They no, they don't seem not. to be doing the startery thing. I mean, they're they're hoping that Alec Mills goes six. They're hoping that Alzali goes six. You know what I mean? They're, I I just I I that's why I wonder. It's like you got all these guys kind of stretched out, all of equal ability and also equal of I don't know what the hell they're gonna do when they go out there. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, if so, you give if you give them a start a week, the rest the other guy can be sort of your long man for that week while the other guy's getting the start. There's there's an there's an idea there. What were you gonna say? So, Sorry about cutting you off, Carly. He said uh, we won't know unless they play him is what Cubby Steph says, but that's the whole point is that Mills had a bunch of good starts and he had one bad start. And Alzale had one good start and and then that's it. So it's just he's the new toy. I just see like <laughs> I just see all of this as being like as we talked about before, the season of the cube where, you know, one guy has a great start and he's, you know, we have to have him in the rotation and one guy has a bad start and send him to South Bend. And it's just, it's very complicated in a shortened season like this to really kind of have an understanding of what you have there. So is Alec Mills the guy who had, what, three quality starts? Am I, am I wrong on that? Three quality starts already? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think everybody's had five starts at this point. Yeah, I'm bringing up his... I'm bringing up his numbers right now. Right. So you is you is four and one. Maybe maybe he's had four starts. Well, he had. Uh, he, so he had. Yeah, I guess not a quality. He had two quality starts to to come out. Uh, he pitched against Cincinnati and KC. Um, and then, uh, we have a. I have a weird stat here where he didn't look like he pitched at all against KC, but he's up there for some reason. Um, but then. It, against Milwaukee, he went six innings, gave up four earned runs. So that's like right on the edge of that 
uh, quality start, isn't it? Six and three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Six and three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's right on the edge. And then, you know, but six and, and four, and, and, and then and he honestly, three point two and six. You know, I think he had that one bad inning, that first inning gave up the grand, you know, grand slam and stuff like that. I just think that there's just so I, much going on right now to, to, anoint anybody as the fourth or fifth starter, you know, when Q or Chatwood are back, you know, who knows, you know, and there's more of these double headers coming up. I, yeah. I think you, you kind of mix and match. If you've got four guys that can do it, you know, who's got the better numbers against the team at that point, you know, and throw them out there. And then, you know, you've got one of the other guys and let them know you may go in. If he can only make it two innings, then we're going to throw you in there. You know, yeah. that that's sort of a thing just to, They've got a few arms that are stretched out. Who and, knows how you're going to use well, and them? And the other guys, a lot can, of and, and then Quintana is going to be another choice. So, yeah. so uh, hopefully soon, because we could use another lefty. Even if he throws out of the pen, we could certainly use another lefty that's not Kyle Ryan coming out of out of there. All right, so, let's uh, jump onto the bullpen. Yeah, let's let's do let's let's well oh, let's hold do, on. I got put your lips together and <laughs> Okay, just just before we blow you, uh, I was going to mention that Craig Kimbrell got it out of the bull penis. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, yeah, that's, yeah, he was he, he threw it up there. Yeah, he threw it. He he's he seemed to turn a corner. So I, I we need to mention that Kimbrell is looking so much better. Ninety eight, ninety eight on the fastball. They're swinging at the curveball yep. again. That seemed to be working. That's what it, that looked like the Kimbrell of old. That was one outing. We need it to happen again, and then. Uh, and then I will declare him the uh, roll aids relief pitcher of the year. Well, he's pitched <laughs> his last three outings. Uh, he's pitched three innings and struck out seven. So while only walking one, so it's not terrible. Yeah. But I understand the kid gloves. Don't want to jump into it. But anyway, let's hit the blows with Alec Mills. Uh, he looks so good in his first. Right, mate, I think you're breaking up. I don't know if you're breaking up for everybody, but you are for me. Oh. Um, Hmm. Internet I- is garbage. Ah, we My love whole the building's l- looking at porn right now. All right. Can you hear me right now? I can hear you fine. Okay. It's just Danny. Danny's looking at me like he yeah, hasn't heard me, me in four minutes. Uh, no. <laughs> No, uh, so you said yeah, I, I heard I heard the number seven in there somewhere, but I, I don't know what was going on. But uh, so, <laughs> so so uh, all right, g- give me give me your blows. You just put your lips together and blow. Yeah. So, so Alec Mills uh, looked really good in his first two starts, uh, but in in two starts this week, looking a little less so. Uh, he had the, as we just talked about, four runs in six innings, and then he just kind of imploded in the, you know, the the double header game, uh, hitting a couple of guys, giving up the grand slam in the first inning. Never really recovered, uh, and I don't know. He did strike out eight in his nine point two innings, so it hasn't been terrible, but that just didn't really help him out much. Well, he's been um, he's been exposed at this point, you know. That's and we were kind of expe- expecting that there's they're going to get a book on this guy. He's kind of like the poor man's Kyle Hendricks. I mean, I, we hope for more. I think he needs more experience, and eventually he's going to make his adjustments and and get back out there. And I th- I think he's got a lot of talent, though. You know, I'm not too worried about it, but yeah, I, I could see him playing like a, you know, kind of a 
Mikey Montgomery sort of long man sort of role when he's over on the the south side right now. We may see him this weekend. Um, I see that Josh Nelson is in the green room, but before that, I bring him on. Just one quick note here. And that is the Cubs have a nearly 97% chance to make a postseason berth, which I, I'm surprised um, it's actually not higher, <laughs> considering the fact that uh, two teams out of every division are going to make the playoffs since an abomination of, uh, of a season called baseball. And, uh, but look at the, the Cardinals. 58%, even you know, even to come in second place, they're all kind of bunched up there. Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Cincinnati. And Pittsburgh, look at that, a 0.1% chance. That is crazy. Pittsburgh is so far below everybody else. but They are god-awful. You remember at the beginning of the season, everybody basically said the Central, every team in the Central except for the Pirates is going to be 500, right? You remember that? Like they just kept – Everybody was like, well, it's going to be Milwaukee at the top with the Cubs and the Cardinals, and then it's going to be the Cardinals with Milwaukee and the Cubs. And then, you know, everybody was right there, right at 500. And it just seemed like it just depended on, you know, which announcer or which analyst was looking at it, who they thought was going to be on top. Yeah. Well, it's it's not going to be the Pirates this year. Only, well, a 0.1% chance. So, um, Anybody have anything to add, or should I, I bring on our good friend Josh Nelson? Let's do it. Let's bring on Josh. Yeah. So, hey, so somebody who has something good to say. Josh Nelson from Sox Machine, <laughs> the l- longtime, longtime uh, friend of the, the podcast, uh, now the uh, television show known as the Sunranto Show. Welcome, Josh. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I was, I was just down at the Ball Hawk Corner. And uh, I saw the wind was blowing out uh, to left field, but not a lot of balls were uh, leaving the ballpark. And I wasn't – I know the, the uh, Sox took their uh, batting practice at the cell or the Comiskey or the G-Spot or wherever, whatever the, the current iteration of the nickname is. Um, and then they were showing up. But, the, yeah, the Cubs were out there taking BP and nothing was going out, at least not on the Waveland. We heard balls hitting the bleachers, but not uh, – they weren't getting cranked um, in the it, uh, how we had maybe hoped, but so um, yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. It's summertime. There's the pandemic's roaring through the city and, and the country, and we still at least we got some baseball going on. So, uh, well, welcome. And uh, first thing I got to ask you: How are you feeling about your White Sox right now? What they just swept? Uh, who do they sweep? Detroit. Who is Detroit? Who is a slightly better team than the uh, Pirates are? Maybe. Although they 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 Maybe. got out to a, a they got out to a pretty decent start though, did they not? Detroit, like they were winning some games at the beginning, and then they, were. Uh, they got off they got off to a good start, but they're one and nine in their last ten. Yeah, and so you guys are part of that, and you've won five straight right now. So yes. the Sox train is rolling. So, I mean, how are you feeling? Do you, how are you feeling about the team? I, the offense has been great. The pitching has been good enough. Is it clicking? How, how, is it clicking down there? Well, the last five games, I would say the offense has been clicking. That last game against St. Louis after the White Sox really fell flat. 
uh, in the doubleheader against the St. Louis Cardinals. They really woke up in a big way when they hit four consecutive home runs off a rookie pitcher. Uh, but that seems to have sparked the offense to get back into rhythm. They outscored the Detroit Tigers 31-9 to in the last four games. And Detroit's pitching is either decimated or just taxed. And you can tell by watching that series. And unfortunately for the Tigers, they've lost nine straight games. This weekend, they play the Cleveland Indians, who they have lost 20 straight games to. So that losing streak for the Detroit Tigers, uh, one would have to think, would continue to maybe even 12 games in a row after they started the season 9-5. and five. But what's, who's been the catalyst? Oh, we we don't need Mike. We don't need Mike. Bet on the, bet on the Indians tonight. <laughs> what's, who's been the catalyst, though, for the White Sox offensive turnaround has been Tim Anderson. In the series against Detroit, Anderson was 9 for 16 with four home runs and seven RBIs. Tim Anderson has missed a great deal of games, almost 10 games this year. However, he is tied for the American League lead in runs scored with 22. He has been – he's better than he was last year. And last year, Tim Anderson won the American League batting title. He's got a much better understanding of how pitchers are attacking him, even compared to last year. And I thought last year he was very good. And Anderson's gotten to the point, when you're looking at StatCast, that his exit velocity numbers have taken a big jump. And now he is hitting with more power than we thought that Anderson had. And he'll be batting leadoff tonight for the White Sox. And and he's red hot. And another batter that really as far as started to hit a lot better, being more patient at the plate, waiting for his pitch to crush. And that's been Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu was nine for 18 in that series against Detroit. And after starting the season three for 21 with runners in scoring position, Jose Abreu has been four for his last eight in those situations. So with Anderson and Abreu starting to heat up and Aloy Jimenez hitting his home runs and Edwin Carnacion also providing some power, and the fact that Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal, after missing the last two games, are back in the lineup. This White Sox offense is clicking, and Anderson and Abreu, they can get a little bit more consistent support from, their, the, from the rest of the lineup. Then this could be one of the best lineups in the American League that a lot of people were talking about before the season. Well, well Josh, at- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Crawley. I was going to say, Josh, you know, there was a lot made when uh, tonight's starter, uh, Dallas Keuchel, kind of put uh, put the team on blast, and all of a sudden it seemed like they did turn it around. But like you said, it happened at the same time that Tim Anderson came back to, to hitting leadoff, and all of a sudden going on a tear since he's been back. Uh, do you what do you think that do you think that it's just a combination of the two, or just having Anderson in the lineup lengthens it out a little bit? Well, Jose Abreu, a couple games after, said that. While he appreciated what Keuchel said, he didn't think that it was a big motivator. Part of the reason why the White Sox offense was stalling is because Jose Abreu is 3-for-21 with runners in scoring position. He was not converting on those opportunities, and that really slowed down the White Sox offense. So I think part of it is Jose Abreu doing a much better job in those situations, being more patient, waiting for the pitchers to at least throw something that he can manage to crush. Early in the season, he was chasing everything, and a lot of those pitches were low and out of the zone, and he was just hitting a lot of ground balls. He's waiting for the pitches to get more up in the zone uh, so he can at least get some lift on it and get it into 
the outfield rather than just beating ground balls to the shortstop. But back to Anderson. Yeah, I mean, when you have someone like Tim Anderson, who right now is hitting close to 375 as your leadoff guy, and he's still taking walks, and he's hitting home runs as well, providing that instant offense, that totally changes on how the White Sox offense works. And I, I kind of compare it to the Chicago Cubs shortstop, Javier Baez. The Cubs offense doesn't seem to be clicking. Why? Bias is not hitting. And if Bias starts to hit, then the Cubs offense dramatically changes in the way that their production works. So for right now with the White Sox offense, I think the most important offensive player they have is Tim Anderson. But it sure helps that when Jose Abreu leads the team in plate appearances with runners in scoring position, that he is going back and doing his job that he's been doing for the White Sox the last six, uh, six seasons. Well, I'm going to put up a graphic here real quick, and uh, it's kind of small, so it's hard to see. But uh, And this does not even include Tim Anderson, but you have four different players. Uh, You've you got uh, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, who we were just talking about, and Yoan Mankata, Mankata, all with OPSs above 800, which is like, that's always my line of just like, that dude's having a good season. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like right there, they're hitting the ball out of the park. Uh, Eloy's got the eight home runs. Uh, you got, uh, Anderson with six already, even though he has pretty much one out of every 10 of his at bats, he's hitting a home run. That's really good. And then compare that to the Cubs. And these, these are our qualifiers. Uh, you know, you only got one, uh, two qualifiers, Ian Happ, uh, and Anthony Rizzo who have OPSs above 800. Kyle Schwarber's right there. But Wilson Contreras, swinging and missing, striking out way too much. Javier Baez, we just talked about. So that's been that's been really frustrating. And when you look up and down, I was like doing a little compare-contrast. You know, the, the, the Cubs, the Sox have the fifth-best OPS as a team in the major leagues right now with uh, a 781 overall. The Cubs... They dropped 50, almost 50 points down to 14. They just have an average offense right now. Uh, the Sox have 12 more homers. They're fourth best in the major leagues in home runs. Cubs, once again, average, 15th. Um, the Cubs and the, the are tied with the Braves. And Now, this is the one thing that the Cubs and Sox do equally crappily is they uh, hit home run or they strike out about the same amount of time, which is a lot. Uh, and I think it's for different reasons. The Cubs, because they're swinging like pigs, and they suck, and they're swinging through balls in the in the strike zone and missing them. Chris Bryan has been doing that. Uh, Javier Baez has been doing that. It's it's strange. Whereas I think for the White Sox, it's because it's a younger team, you know, and then maybe they're chasing pit. I don't know. I don't watch as many White Sox games, but you know, they they are uh, the Cubs are tied with the Braves and the Rays for second most strikeouts in the major leagues. Whereas uh, with the the White Sox, they're right behind uh, the the right behind. Like they the Cubs have 250 strikeouts. The White Sox have 246. A's by the way are number one. Uh, the Cubs are, uh, they're taking their walks, but that's about the only way they're getting on base, uh, cause they're not hitting the ball that much. Uh, so they're fourth in, in the majors in walks, where the Sox, they're not really taking that many walks. They're in the, the bottom third of the league when it comes to that. That's probably a young team kind of thing. And really, neither team is stealing that many bases. They're, they're both in the, the bottom third of the league. So, um, 
this is a different kind of White Sox team than I think we've seen. It. I, I feel like the 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 uh, lineup has lengthened out, like kind of what you were saying, Crawley, and that that's a uh, you know you add a couple a couple dudes up the middle that can rake it, and it takes the pressure off all the other guys. <laughs> you, you don't have as many holes in that lineup as you did in the past. Um, no, but so- with with the White Sox lineup, though, Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Carnacion got off to really slow starts. And, and that's been part of why the offense has been sputtering. Uh, Grandal was not in the lineup the last two games, but Encarnacion is starting to demonstrate his power. He, again, he has eight consecutive seasons of hitting 30-plus home runs in a 162-game season. He's not hitting 30 home runs in 2020 in a 60-game season. I don't think anyone is unless Fernando Tatis Jr. keeps hitting a home run every other game. Um, but I, with Encarnacion and Grandal, if they can start getting back into rhythm, and join as far as Jimenez and Robert and Abreu and Makata and Anderson as far as their ability to hit, then, yeah, this could be one of the most dangerous lineups in the American League and should be able to carry the White Sox into the postseason. Now, how about the pitching? I mean, uh, it, I, I was looking at that, too. The comps are like, you know, and it hasn't been – I mean, you had uh, – what's his name? Opt out. Um Michael Kopech. Uh, yeah, Kopech. And so that's frustrating when you look at it and you're like, man, if we only had that guy, you know, maybe things are looking a little bit different for you because, but it hasn't been bad. Like, um, you know, the Sox, you know, the overall team ERA is actually better than the Cubs. They got a, a just under four, 395 to the Cubs, 418. Most of that, though, for the Cubs is bullpen because the, the Cubs starters are a half a run better, a little bit more than a half a run better. Although the White Sox relievers are like two, almost two runs better than the Cubs yeah. have been. You got Mikey Montgomery back there. Uh, tell me about, I mean, we kind of know what we're in. We'll talk about the stars in a little bit with the matchups, but uh, tell me about your bullpen and like, how's that been working? You got a four ERA right now for the, for the Sox. Yeah. So for, yeah, for the White Sox, in this series for Cubs fans, there's going to be a lot of names you probably never heard of, like Matt Foster and Zach Birdie and Cody Hoyer. And you're wondering, who are these kids? Is that and- Jed Hoyer's illeg- illegitimate son? <laughs> no, they don't spell it the same way. Oh. Uh, Hoyer for Cody's H-E-U-E-R is how he spells his last name, but pronounces it Hoyer. Hoyer throws 97 and 99. Zach Birdie throws 97 to 99. Matt Foster has been sitting at 94 miles per hour, but his fastball changeup combination has just been baffling hitters. And especially for Matt Foster and Cody Hoyer, they have been awesome this season for the White Sox. And Alex Colomay, when he gets the opportunity to close out games, he's been lights out as well for them. And this is all in the aftermath of Aaron Bummer being on the injured list. Aaron Bummer was starting to get into a good rhythm. His left bicep started barking, and the White Sox shut him down until that arm issue calms down, and they'll return him back into the bullpen. But those three, Foster, Hoyer, and Colome, have been awesome for the White Sox. And then you have Ross Deadweiler. Ross Deadweiler is a completely different pitcher than we have seen in the past in the sense that Nobody can get a hit off him. He's throwing 91-92, and he's living up in the zone, but hitters can't get on top of it. And if they do make contact, they're beating it into the ground. And Ross Detweiler has been lights out for the White Sox, and it has been a very pleasant surprise on how the White Sox bullpen 
has been performed, been performing for Rick Renteria. And it's almost to the point that Rick Renteria seems to be comfortable having these types of bullpen games moving forward uh, as the White Sox just really don't have enough starting pitching uh, to have someone consistently pitch five or six innings in each start. Uh, but luckily for the White Sox, the bullpen has been performing very well. And uh, Cubs fans are going to get an opportunity to watch that uh, this weekend. And they'll notice on how difficult it is to hit against these young pitchers at the White Sox that are giving them a chance because it's 2020. There's no minor league season. And it started off, well, let's see what this kid can do. And every kid that they have called up has been lights out. Uh, so the White Sox have been a little bit lucky on that. And they're they're taking advantage of it now. And uh, we'll see in how these young relievers do this weekend against the Cubs. Yeah, interesting. I have never heard of those guys. I mean, I heard of Colome, of course, and uh, right. you know, but but yeah, some of those, some of those dudes I, I hadn't heard of, and uh, you know, the Cubs don't usually fare well against guys they haven't seen, and the, you know, so that's kind of a, a difficult situation. Uh, the one thing I think that the Sox do kind of lack in. Uh, I was looking up the, you know, the de- defense is kind of hard to qual- quantify sometimes. It, you know, you got to really kind of dig deep for like zone ratings and things like that. But I did see that uh, your defensive efficiency ratio, otherwise known as dirt. Dur- this the is dur- our first reference to the dirt this yeah, year. Exactly. I, I was thinking about that. We haven't talked about dirt in a while, but. It's in the bottom third of the league as far as like getting the outs. Um, you know, not a lot of errors. The Cubs have 11 errors. The Sox have 13, but it's about getting to the balls, making the balls of play, getting the out. So, um, yeah, that's bottom third of the league. Whereas, uh, one thing I, I think that Cubs fans will be very pleased with is that the, the defense for the most part has been quite good for the Cubs. They're at 725 with their dur and, uh, the Sox are at 691. So, um, yeah, anything to say about that? Is, that? is that just youth, or is that just all Eloy Jimenez falling into the uh, stands? It's a lot of <laughs> Eloy, to be honest with you. Uh, the fielding, uh, as far as Bible, uh, they help with Cy Young, uh, not Cy Young voting, I'm sorry, Gold Glove voting after the season. Uh, they have been releasing updates, and Luis Robert has provided the White Sox with plus six runs saved in center field. Aloy Jimenez is at negative four runs saved. <laughs> well, and, and that's why Luis Robert runs from his position, stands right yes. in front of Eloy and catches the ball. And Eloy's all fucking pissed Go off ahead. like, hey, Kelly Leak, get off my team. Right. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that from Robert because then I know the ball will be caught. <laughs> right. and, and, and as far as defensively, Tim Anderson's been doing well. Jose Abreu at first base has been a tremendous turnaround defensively, and Cubs fans will see that this weekend, uh, that he's been excellent defensively for the White Sox, much better than he's ever been in his career uh, at defense. But when Nomar Mazzara is in right field, that's been a problem. Danny Mendick, who will be at second base for the White Sox, that's another player that Cubs fans may not know a whole lot of. He's filling in for the injured Nick Madrigal. Uh, Danny's been doing good. Uh, He makes the plays that he should be making, and he'll surprise you at times, but he's not making every single play uh, that's coming to second base as far as uh, his range is limited. Uh, But he's been doing a good job as far as uh, making the plays that he should be. And as far as the White Sox at the catching position with both Yasmani Grandal and James McCann, they're they're really solid as far as a catcher. 
But in his first game, Yohan Mikata is not in the lineup. He's having the day off. So in game one, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Ryan Goings, uh, who will be starting at third base. And hopefully Goings, from a White Sox perspective, doesn't commit a lot of errors and makes the plays that he should be making. But, yeah, every fly ball that goes to left field in this series. It's been an adventure, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an adventure, especially with Aloy Jimenez. But if it's in the left center gap, don't be surprised that Luis Robert calls off Aloy Jimenez and makes the catch, even though Robert might be running a football field and Jimenez may only have to move 10 feet to his left. Robert will make that call and he'll make that play. Cool. Crawley, why don't you bring us uh, up some of those uh, fancy-dancy Cubs versus Sox stats that you got for us? Yep, if we take a look here, it's interesting because no matter what, whoever is, you know, it's been weird. These teams have kind of never really both been good at the same time. It's been real rare. But if you look at the overall series right here, you could see that over over the years, there's only a two-game difference between them overall, historically, all-time, 60 and 62. Cubs have a three-game advantage at Wrigley. You know, I'm sorry, one-game advantage at Wrigley, and the Sox have a three-game advantage over at whatever they call their park. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, if we take a look at the line, you know, the Cubs versus Sox, you know, uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup tonight of lefties here when you got Dallas Keuchel versus John Lester. And Lester is coming off a tough start here. Uh, this is the White Sox lineup, Josh, that you were referencing. You got Tim Anderson leading off, Grandal second, Abreu third, Eloy fourth, Encarnacion fifth, Louis Robert sixth. Or Robert, I have a hard time with that, I'm sorry. Danny Mendick, seventh, Adam Engel, eighth, and then Ryan Goins, like you were mentioning, is going to be hitting ninth today. And uh, the Cubs counter that lineup with Hap, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, Schwarber, Bodie Hayward, Hernan Perez, you better look out, right? You know, And then <laughs> Albert Almora. So, you know, you want to get those right-handed bats against Keuchel. Uh, when you take a look at the White Sox versus Leicester, you could see – uh, some guys have seen him plenty like Abreu, and Abreu's hit Lester pretty good. Tim Anderson, not as much. Adam Engel, more of a smaller sample size. Grandal struggles a bit. Uh, McCann seems to have good numbers against Lester, but they're not starting McCann, so ought to be interesting to take a look at. And then the Cubs versus Keiko when we look at that there. Uh, Almora, I guess there's a reason he's in there. Again, it's very small sample size, so really it's hard to tell. A lot of these guys haven't seen him other than Josh Fagley and uh, Jason Kipnis, and neither of them have had much luck. Yeah, and I, I did look up, though, that last year that uh, John Lester versus the White Sox, he actually beat them twice. He gave up uh, three runs in each one. Only one was earned in one of the starts. Uh, he pitched a total of uh, tw- 12 innings, and it, it those are the two games the Cubs won. So, uh, and that was kind of a surprise because John Lester didn't have the best year last year. He's kind of come out as a different pitcher, pitching to contact in a different way. So I think you're going to enjoy seeing John Lester like in a in a kind of a new way because he was trying to strike everybody out last year still, thinking that he was still some young buck that could blow it by you. And this year he's gotten a lot craftier. We saw kind of the makings of that last year. So maybe against a young lineup like you have, um, it, it, they – Aggressive lineup. I think you could maybe say that the Sox have. Um, they could. John Lester might might be able to best them. But I did look up uh, Michael Saram, Sarami. Um, he's. Oh, did I put it up? No, uh, no, I didn't put it up. Um, let me. I, I'll, I'll upload his tweet in a, in a second. But uh, my, the numbers that the White Sox have against left-handed 
pitching is just off the charts. Like, I, I, here it is. Michael Cerami, J- uh, John Lester with a 274 ERA has gotten off to a great start, but he's got a big challenge tonight. The White Sox have an absurd 155 WRC plus against left-handed pitching this season. Tops in baseball. That's a 291, 366, 576 slash line. That's so, a ridiculous stat right there. If people don't quite understand that 155, that's 55% better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's absurd. So, I mean, you guys have really been beating up on lefties. You're only going to see the one this year or this series. So, right. um, so what is what is that about specifically? Is that a fluky in a way? Is it just who you've run into or what is it? I think it's a little bit of who the White Sox have ran into. That was a couple of rookies, Chris Bubik of uh, for the Kansas City Royals. And we saw three. him. I I think his name is Bubich, though. Yeah, oh, Bubich. we we, we got really into the Bubich. Yeah, we're pretty yeah. sure it's his name is Bubich. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> on this it show is, anyway. Uh, and we, then, we and want to make sure everybody understands <laughs> what that guy's name is on this show. That that's why this show exists, actually. Uh, and then they faced uh, Scooball, the rookie of the Detroit Tigers, making his first appearance. And for the White Sox, again, they're very right-handed heavy as far as a lineup. They should be performing well against left-handed starting pitchers. I, I think the key tonight for John Buster, when you look at his pitch charts, is that he loves to attack as far as the corners low in the zone, both the way and inside on right-handed pitchers. And if he lives there... He should be okay because looking at the White Sox stat cast and their exit velocity charts, they're not doing a whole lot with pitches low in, in the outside corner. So if Lester can continue to hit that zone with the cutter, he should be fine. However, if Lester tries to cheat a cutter or fastball up in the zone, he could pay the price. And if the White Sox are patient and if Lester's not hitting that outside corner low in the zone, then Lester could be in for a rough night. And the same thing goes for Dallas Keuchel against the Chicago Cubs. Keuchel, his strikeout rate is down, but he's not walking anyone. And 58% of the time, he's generating a ground ball when the ball is in play. And that's one of the best rates in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, he doesn't and, throw hard. It's like he, he's like the left-handed uh, Kyle Hendricks, you know what I mean? And we did face him last year, and we only got three runs off of him. Uh, three walks, two strikeouts. Strikeout, yeah, look at the strikeout and walk rate. Like, And I don't expect Keuchel to strike out a lot of batters, but because of the veterans facing each other and they both understand the art of pitching and what they want to try to accomplish and really focusing on generating weak contact, I am not expecting a high-scoring game tonight. I think this could be a three to two type of ball game where it's really difficult for either team to score more than three runs uh, just because of the way that the bullpens have been performing and the fact that you have Lester and Keiko who have really been doing a very good job on limiting hard hit contact against each other. It, it can be difficult for both the White Sox and Cubs to score tonight. Could be. Could be. Um, well, I will say this. I, I took this. I was down at Wrigley Field earlier. And as you can see, the wind is blowing out there. The wind is blowing out. So, uh, you know, we might have, uh, although they weren't flying out of there, uh, but it is flying. It is blowing out to left field. Well, the game is going to start in, a, in what, uh, 
uh, three minutes, three minutes or two, two minutes. So we do have some predictions uh, from Cubs. Uh, well, 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 we'll do that later. We'll do that after at the post game show later on. So we, we should. <laughs> I love and, when we do predictions at the post game show. No, no, we're we're gonna do no because it's Cubs should Dama sent in a stupid video. Yeah, we, and we know that he doesn't actually predict anything. He doesn't predict it. He's just gonna say that Except basically we're going, to, we're going to Detroit next. Uh, but uh, I I do want to thank you for being here. Uh, I would wish you good luck, but I want you to lose all the games, Josh. So uh, we're we're gonna I, I guess we should probably cut it off at this point because everybody's gonna gonna um, leave anyway. And watch the Cubs game instead of us. So I'll leave you with uh, this song. Uh, and uh, so I bid you adieu, Josh. Bid you, uh, I, I will see you at the post game. We will be back uh, right after the game, about five minutes after the game's over. Uh, the way we pay our bills on the show is through Patreon. Uh, we are not ad supported on our live show. So please, uh, patreon.com slash sunranto help us pay the bills a dollar a month and you can download all of our pre and post game shows uh all year long and uh keep abreast of what we're talking about and um you get your own rss feed everything like that but we'll talk about that later in the meantime i'm going to play a little song and i am sure that you're very pleased josh that the hawk harrelson era is over the nightmare, the long Chicago Southside nightmare is over. So please enjoy this final song, and we'll bid you adieu. We'll see you after the game. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, go Cubs. Spagog. Spagog! Calling White Sox games on the south side of town But now he won't come to Wrigley Field Cause Hawk hates the Cubs It's just a can of corn Can't stand Joe West or Bud Selig Bashing the umpires Hawk's such a homer Hate when he says you can put it on the board Yes Oh my He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson Dumb Hawk Harrelson, Dumb Hawk Harrelson, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh, my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. No one likes Hawk Harrelson. I'd really hate my life if I was Steve Stone. He must want to rip off his ears when Hawk's hair stretch and yells he gone. Oh, my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Dumb Hawk Harrelson, Dumb Hawk Harrelson, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh no, no, he was safe. No, him. and another blown call by Hernandez. No, this rule is BS, that's what it is. Pure, simple BS. Says Dagnum and when it's not a home, the calls a broken bat, single a bat, I'm out of cola. Sit back, relax, and strap the it's the same damn thing every single damn day I think the hawk is so annoying Shout in mercy, you gotta be fleeping me Big cat, no contact and get a corn Criticizing umpires, hawk doesn't like the call 
He eats the north side and he'll come to Wrigley. Hawks not welcome in the friendly confines. Stay down south with your stupid phrases. In the broadcast booth is where the hawk wants to die. It's not Dumb baseball. It's just not baseball. He's just a dumb Hawk Carrollson. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Carrollson. That is a flat out absolute disgrace to the umpiring profession what this guy has been doing. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Carrollson. You've got to be kidding me. One more interruption from our sponsors at betonline.ag. Because sports are coming back, and you've got a chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball, NBA, full swing right now. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, the futures, the props for you to bet on. Also, tune in to uh, Floyd Money Mayweather because he joined the BetOnline.ag team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expensive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up. Take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by Manscaped. And, you know, 2020 has been a year of uh, things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Now, our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. Uh, now, I know you've all probably cut your ball shaving them before, but th- that could be a thing of a past with Manscaped. So, uh, they got the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's a premium electric trimmer designed to give you a confidence boost through body image because it's awesome. Okay, they've got a ceramic blade, skin safe technology. It's all designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down below. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-paste nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 Nail Kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. So go to their website and you'll find their Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and a moisturizer. This is going to help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself, but I will be very impressed at your flexibility. So go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, let me check check this out. Listeners of this show, 20% off, free shipping. All you got to do is use the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's armchair at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping. Armchair is the promo code. How many times do I have to say it for you people? Okay, now it's time to grab 2020 by the balls. Uh, uh, horns. And you got to get shaven. 
Take care of your business. We thank Manscaped for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. Post game. Cups post game. Cups post game. Cups post game. From the Sunranto Show. Hey! Oh. Hey! <laughs> how's, how's it going? Well, let me just explain where I am right now. I am on some steps, and uh, right in front of me, in fact, as uh, we got right over here, Mai Tai. He's mixing up the drinks over here. In fact, could you take us widescreen real quick? Put us on yeah. the widescreen uh, feed. You know, that's, that's what we need tonight. Well, yeah, so we got... Lisa over there. We got Bleacher Jeffs hanging out. Patio Jeff right this year. Got Mai Tai. He's uh, stealing fruit from uh, tequila right now. And uh, my cat just went up the stairs. Uh, you can take me off widescreen. We can, we, can, we can share the screen now. But, yeah, man, you got to put that in the garbage. But let, let's bring him on, like, right away because somebody won tonight. And it was the Chicago White Sox, so we got to give them credit. So, um Let's bring on my, my friend from high school. Yeah, nobody knows him. His name, except for you, Michael Cotton, who you yeah. met him back in 2014. We, it, I think we shared some popcorn, bought each other beers. Uh, uh, we, on, uh, we watched uh, your show down at that bar on the south side of Denver, and they had uh, some cool punk rock chicks after you. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the cool punk rock chicks. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you forget about your nights, Peter. Sometimes you forget. Without further ado, here's uh, Lauren. Lauren. All right, hey guys. Look at that smile, hey. you son of a bitch. You Sox fan. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So much. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm Better? kidding. Welcome to the Sun Rancho Show. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm smiling because I'm so happy to see you guys. I mean, Michael, oh. it's been a long time. It's yeah, it's six it years, it's seven years. The coronavirus has definitely shortened our time together. So, I'm too uh, high to care. <laughs> well, Lauren, Lauren, we had uh, a, a pregame show with uh, uh, from Sox Machine. This guy, Josh Josh Nelson, who you may know, mm-hmm. and he, he was talking about uh, you know the the White Sox and what they got going on this year. Obviously, the offense we talked about it in the pregame just incredible. Like they've really come out swinging, and you know, I mean, what are your feelings? Like, where where is your positivity level with this team? I mean, I kind of feel like you guys did probably, like, before the Cubs won. I don't know. It's it's exciting. Like, all my Sox fan friends are excited to see these young guys come up, you know, and actually, like, start hitting. Like, I don't know. Jimenez and Robert, like, Robert's just, just a stud. Like, it's just kind of disappointing because we're a little hurt. Yeah. So, you know, and Kopech is taking the year off. But, like, you can kind of see, like, where it's going, you know, like you guys did before you won the World Series. It's it's kind of cool to see the puzzle pieces come together. Uh, yeah. How much does that piss you off that Kopech opted out? Thanks, my Ty. Yeah, it, it's tough because, like, we traded Chris Sale for him. I mean, we have half the puzzle there. Like, Moncada's good, right? Um, but, yeah, Kopech, it would be nice to see him pitch. But I get it, like... Yeah, he was on last year, and he confided, and he said he had, like, what, Why did he opt out? He's scared of COVID? He's, like, fucking No. No, he's got, like, depression issues, and he's going through, like, I mean, he just hey, got he married, like, six months ago, but he's getting Oh, divorced. that's right. He's got a celebrity girlfriend, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he, no, his wife. 
but he's like divorced. Well, so he, oh, so yeah. I mean, celebrity ex-wife, yeah. So yeah. he's got depression issues. He's getting a divorce. The club is twenty twenty, and now he's got to be quarantined. I mean, the best guy for that, best thing for that guy might have been playing some baseball. It's the fucking only time he's going to not be able to have his mind on that shit. You know, one time when I was, uh, Lauren, you're going to remember this because we went to high school together. And you remember I I dated Carol Lejavsky, you know, (laughs) And, and she busted up with me for a guy named Mark Clow. She fell in love with him. And I was working at a, a day camp at the time. And, uh, you know, at, and when, and she broke up with me and, and I said, and I called in sick to work and I said, you know, I can't go in sick to, I can't go to work today. I'm too depressed over this girl that broke up with me. And the woman told me the exact same thing. The leader of the day came. She said, the best thing for you is to show up to work today and leave the kids and do something else. And she was right. Cause all I did was sit home all day and be depressed and shit and cry a couple of times, you know? And that's pretty much what I'm going to do after this Cubs game. Dude, 10 to 1? <laughs> At least you didn't shut us out, for Christ. Oh. Well, you know, you got to be nice. Uh, 12 hits. I'm looking at it right now. 12 hits, 10 runs, like coming through. Six home runs? I mean, shit. I mean, you, you've got to feel positive about your chances. Now, do you think this team has some magic in them? I think they can. They're, like, young, so they're on and off, you know? I don't know. I mean, you have to be realistic, right? And baseball is a hard sport. It's, like, the hardest sport. It's the hardest thing to do is hit a ball. Like, they need to learn to, to like, win consistently. And it takes just a little bit of time, you know? They're young. Like, Robert... Robert is I mean, this dude, I don't care how young he is. Like, I, I don't know. From, from a Cubs fan perspective, like you guys, like Michael, what do you think of, of Luis Robert? Oh, uh, I mean, what's not to like about the guy? He, he just came up. He's freaking mashing. Uh, he plays good defense. I mean, he seems to have everything if – he was on my team. I'd be excited as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, no. I mean, the Sox. Like, uh, I mean, some of their announcers have been like, so they're in the locker room and they're like, all right, we shouldn't be looking at other dudes, but like, they're <laughs> they're like they're like when they compare him with his shirt off to like the other guys, like they're uh, they're like, okay, the other guys are athletes, but this guy's like an Adonis. Like, it's, I mean, it's. It's unreal, you know. Yeah, he won the he won the DNA lottery for sure. Oh yeah. No, I mean he he looks different than he's like a football player, baseball player. You know? Yeah. The only the only thing that he's got going on that's not good is that he's got two first names. <laughs> yeah, that that is. And- I mean, it, it really is annoying. Like, it, I, mean, I don't, I don't know how you play baseball with two first names like that. Except, <laughs> except for that, some of the best players have been, uh, you know, especially like Pete Rose. Now that's two first names, but they got one woman's name and one Wait. man's name. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It took me a minute. I'm like Pete Rose. Yeah, it's a, it's a man and a woman's name, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What about the middle name though? The middle name is what counts. <laughs> yeah, the middle names. That's where they always have a last name. That's what's weird, you know. They're right. Like, you know, they're, they're, his name is Louis Louis Jones Robert. Yeah, you're like yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's weird how that works. Uh, okay. Well, 
we have to talk about this game a little bit. There's not a ton to talk about that isn't just, oh, the socks mashed all over the fucking place. But uh, John Lester did not seem to locate his pitches tonight. Didn't seem to – wasn't able to miss the bats at all. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously they came in with a game plan because we're looking at the new slow John Lester. Not to mention that the Sox have seen John Lester – it, not only when he pitched for the Red Sox, uh, not that the same White Sox were there when he was pitching for the, Weds, the, the Red Sox, but they've seen him for the last six years. John Lester's no mystery to the White Sox. Although he did beat him a, a couple times last year, you know, you know well, the, the new slower, finesse John Lester did not work out tonight. You know, he's pitching the contact, and you give a team that has great offense like the White Sox right now, you give them a pitch-to-contact pitcher, and it just, you know, game on, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the Sox came in uh, super confident coming off that, like, horrendous beating of Detroit. They come in and, and they get slow John Lester, who can't seem to locate the pitch at all. Josh Nelson said that the only place to really pitch to them is down and away, and Lester was putting it up and in on him and, like, right in the middle of the plate, all sorts of shit. Yeah, no, he was missing his spots. I mean, you know, he was due for one of those, don't you think? Like, I, I, yeah, I had yeah. a bad feeling about tonight. Yeah, three, yeah, uh, four. He gave up four homers, right? Yeah, four home yeah. runs. Uh, Which apparently is like the only time he's ever done that in his whole life or something yeah. like that. It was, as yeah. we were saying, Jeff. Abreu yeah. did it. Uh, who was it? Abreu. What, what was the deal with the four home runs? Robert. Home runs? That's the first time he ever did it. Oh, second Mendic. time. Second time who, the, who the fuck is Mendick? <laughs> I've never heard of Mendick until he hit a fucking dong off of He's Lester. He's Dude, you said dick and dong in the same sentence. <laughs> and men and uh, now I just kind of like want to have I don't know what's, what's going How on. How did you not hear a Mendick? Come on. Hey, yeah. I, I know, I know have our you ever audience, heard of women, Dick? No, you haven't. You know, like, I mean, sometimes, you know, but that's more like a, of a long clitoris. Uh, but that's a different story. Mendick is is, 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 is is kind of what you call, <laughs> you know, that's just how it works. And by the way, speaking of Mendick, I have to give a shout out to Clark the Cub, which if, uh, I don't know if you saw on the broadcast tonight, but they're oh, celebrating his, uh, I, I, I don't know what birthday it is for him. Is it, is it his fifth maybe? That long. How long have they had Clark the Cub? Uh, since didn't they institute him like 15 there's there he is there's clark wasn't it it the second year of uh the ownership change yeah so yeah maybe earlier like 13 or something like that i I don't know some somebody look that up and uh please uh comment in the comments because uh i'm using my phone and i can't google this shit but uh no clark the cub he's turning whatever age he's turning and so I'm going to, on Sunday, they said, is his uh, birthday. So I'm thinking um, what we should do, no, no pants Sunday. No, you know, you, everyone no. wants the game, <laughs> pantsless. It's a, it, it, we'll all take pictures and uh, we'll start our own porn site. That's kind of what I'm thinking is what's going to happen. But you'll wear a mask, right? Oh, sure. Well, you, I don't want people to know that it's me, you know. It's mostly what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, ma- we'll wear a mask. But we'll have our nose hanging out, and then we'll wear a condom on our balls at the same time. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all, we're all about uh, social distancing and protection here. And hey, my, my neighbors are walking their dogs. If everybody wants to see, oh, nice. Say hi, neighbors. And there's there's Judy the dog. There's Judy. Hi, Judy. Uh, the, we we have a very you know, my, my yeah. My neighbors are all we're all very friendly. This is Melrose Place. I live in Melrose Place. Bleacher Jeff lives downstairs. What's this comment here? Eric, 2014 was Clark's first appearance. Oh, okay. So uh, same same uh, year as uh, John Baker's uh, no hitter. Yeah. <laughs> same same year that Javi broke into the league. Same year uh, you met Lauren. It's all coming yeah, full circle. Yeah, it was. Yep. And uh, me, was me and Lauren bonded over a pantsless Clark the Cub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was at, a very at, good at year. Very when I was 17, yeah, it, 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 weirdness abounds. But what a, what a game! Uh, that that thing was over like pretty much as soon as it started. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the first inning was fine, but then after that, it was just, you know. Well, and then for Cubs fans, anyway, Keuchel running with the uh, the no hitter deep in the game. Okay, so the Cubs have been doing this for a lot of people. Late no hitters. You know, just deep into the game for no hitters for a lot of pitchers. Uh, nobody's quite pulled it off yet, but it feels like it's coming, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, kind of. Well, it kind of does because, like, this is like a feast or famine offense, mostly famine, unfortunately. But I don't know. I, I, is Keiko that guy? Like, Lauren, what do you think? He's been pretty good this year. I don't know. I mean, like, we've only had him for like four, what, four or five starts. So. Yeah. He's been pretty good. Like, I'm happy. I think most of my Sox fan friends are happy with him. Well, how do you feel about this this idea that the Cubs kind of or the Sox kind of built themselves to win this year, and then COVID happens? You know, whereas like the cut and the Cubs are like on the other end of things. Teams go in two different directions. Where you look at it and you're like, oh, well, the you know the Cubs are their windows closing. And the Sox window is just opening at this point, and so you—is that frustrating to you to have, uh, you know, a team that was built? You paid all this money to Grandal, you got Keuchel, and then you got to do some weird sixty-game sprint. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting as a Sox fan. Like, I was—I was trying to be realistic. I was not expecting a World Series this year, um, but like, it was nice to. Uh, it was nice to go out and like, I was looking forward to watching these kids develop. And like, I think you need like 162 game season to, to develop. And like, it is short, but I don't know. It's something at least because COVID's pretty depressing and at least 60 games, but you know, I guess anything can happen with 60 games, right? Well, the biggest problem I think with the 60 game season is not necessarily the season, but the fact that, uh, Every team, except for the last place team in every division, gets into the playoffs. Uh, I think that's how it works. Um, every and then those teams get participation trophies. I think there's ribbons handed out. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody, everybody's going home with something this you, year. You, you right? know, they at least get Capri Sun in a Three Musketeers bar. Like that's part of the deal. You yeah, know? like yeah, like the Pirates are getting a Capri Sun. The the Cardinals got COVID. Orange slices. You know, and, and like, <laughs> You know, the Brewers are going to get a, a participation ribbon, all that shit. Yeah, but everybody, then, everybody gets it this year. Yeah, but get back to the, where the Sox are at. Like, they have to go through the, se- the season 
they're doing good. But then they have to play, I, I think it's 27 different playoff series to win the World Series this year. Yeah. Uh, because they've got to play everybody in a round robin or something. I don't know. I think the playoffs are going to take four months. <laughs> so well, the, it, it depends on the, the, the positive negative test, but no, I mean, it's, it's that, the I, first you know, series is which team has the most positive tests. No, it is. That's I mean, that's what it is. The it's, first it's hunger games. It's, you it's, win. It's, you, you can take the whole, listen, as far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't even never even play this fucking season. You know what I mean? And, it, and especially if the Cubs don't win the world series, I definitely don't want them to play this, this season because it wouldn't have been worth it to anybody. Uh, Cubby Steph's coming for you. I think this shortened season will give the young Sox a false sense of confidence. Oh, yeah. Uh, Look at Lord's smug-ass face. Like, you know he uh, has a false sense of confidence. I I don't know. Like, I'm just just using this season. I'm not not trying to win a World Series. We're just trying to, like, get these young kids some experience. Yeah, and it's not really happening this year. It's just more like, uh, you know, Hunger Games Weirdville. You guys no, are better than Marquee I mean, in 2020. And it, no, I totally agree with you, Eric. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Um, <laughs> Eric, we have always agreed that we're better yeah, than Marquee. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, I've, I've been against Marquee since it even started. Like, I, I'm against lights at Wrigley. I'm against the Marquee. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's against shit that happened in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still bad about stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, I mean, I, th- I think Comiskey should still exist. Uh, maybe I'd even be a Sox fan if they had a cool old ballpark that actually had legendary games in it. Instead, you have just some bullshit World Series against a cheating-ass Astros team. Well, at least but, they change the name every couple of years, so nobody knows what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's called Comiskey, I, man. It's, it's called Comiskey. Comiskey 2. It was Comiskey 2 for a little while. In fact, like, why doesn't everybody subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash sunranto? Give us enough money, and we'll buy the next naming rights to uh, to uh, guaranteed rate field. We'll, we'll call it, I don't know, Douchebag McDouche Park or something like that. You know, we'll No, we'll call it Sun, Sun Ranto Park. I'm, I'm Sun not, Ranto Park. That'd be I, great. I got, I got an ego, but I don't want to be involved with the White Sox. Oh, but it, uh, I don't know. I would still do it. It's it. off-brand. It it's off-brand. It, it would so, a Spagog Park. Danny, so I, going, I, yeah, I there you go. I'll do that. Like, just like, confuse people, make people think. You have to do things backwards, like Harry Carey would want it. Danny, but, I, I got to rat you out a second. Oh, yeah, please do. Oh yeah, because I'm gonna say it. No, all right, Michael. So, um, Danny invited me to Sox Park. I'm gonna call it Sox Park. There we go. And um, we saw the Dylan Cease premiere, and um, Danny enjoyed his time there a lot. There were smiles galore. There was beer to be drank. There was yeah, a beautiful I had a great sunny time. sky. Listen, the Cubs better watch out because, like, they got me very young. In 1984, Steve Garvey fucking broke my heart. Yeah, exactly. Welcome. The Cubs suck. <laughs> Evergreen. That that banner. <laughs> we'll be using that. Uh, hopefully not too pretty quickly. But, no, honestly, like, the Cubs better watch out because, uh, you know, the fact is, like, the Sox is a, right now, young, exciting team. The Cubs traded them really fun players. Like, I, we'll see Cease, I guess, Sunday now. I They traded that up. Like, I, I tomorrow is TBD, last I saw. And it's Cease a bullpen got start. Sunday. Oh, you're doing a bullpen start? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's so funny. In the COVID season, bullpen starts are all the rage. 
Well, Milwaukee Brewers have been like, yeah, we fucking invented this shit like 9,000 years ago. So, like, what do you want out of us? We've been doing this. And they beat us three or four, by the way, with that bullshit. So, like, watch out for tomorrow. Like, listen, the Cubs are five are under 500 right now. They're at 500 in their last 10 games, I think. Yeah, but because they, of they that were at 500 start, in the last eight starts, eight games, and then they had the fucking blown ass COVID Cardinals games. And sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say, but because of that start, they could go 500 for the rest of the year and win the division. Correct. Yeah, because you know that puts them at like 30, 35, 36 wins, and that's what we assume would win a lot of these divisions this year. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, at this point, you look at what happened to the Cubs tonight between the Cubs and the Sox. There was a straight massacre. There's there's it no was. way, you know, there's – I'm not going to mince words here. Keuchel Go. dominated them. The their, the Sox offense dominated them. They loaded like, the bases a couple times. Even the bullpen couldn't, like, you know – Stop the damage! Like Jason Adam even was giving up dogs, and those were not cheap home runs either. Those were <laughs> right. those were like off the damn scoreboard home runs. Like, Nothing landed in the basket. Yeah, there was not a basket. There was not Bleacher Jeff uh, reaching over, and, uh, and or, or my tie guy who who I'm here with tonight, and we'll revisit them before we say goodbye tonight. But um, it, it, that was not my tie guy stealing a ball from a child's hand out of the basket tonight. You know, like that was straight off the scoreboard hitting some uh, drunk ass cup snake motherfucker in the back of the head tonight. You know, yeah. I mean, these these are po- you got have a powerful, exciting team, Lauren. I'm you excited. Should, you should be very proud to be in third place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the the place is inconsequential. Like to me, like I just I I feel like it's all gravy, like, right? Well, you guys got to watch like Brian come up, and you saw like Rizzo. You saw the like the team come together, like Contreras come up. Like that was now even as a Sox fan watching those guys come up. Like I was excited, like watching Chicago players. I am not a Cubs fan. We know this, but like it's still like it was exciting to watch these guys because they are real stars of the game. It's like it's fun to watch that. Like. Like, I'm not an Angels fan, but, like, watching Mike Trout, like, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, or Judge on the Yankees. Like, these guys are going to be, like, the next generation. It's kind of cool to watch a Robert, like, start his career and, you know, anticipation and everything. That's exciting for us. It is. I'll I'll totally agree with you, too. Um, You know, I had already decided preseason that, you know, I was really interested in seeing what the Sox are going to do this year. Tim Anderson came off of a great year last year. They signed Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Lucas Grandal, who hit one off the freaking upper bleachers tonight. Yeah, they got Grandal. Lucas Giolito was great last year for most of the year. You know, they've, uh, uh, you know, Eloy, you know, Dylan C. So, you know, these, these ex-Cubs guys that seem to be, you know, playing well. I mean, there was there. There's a lot of interest around that team, and there should be. It's it's a very exciting team, and it is a little frustrating that the Cubs are kind of on. It seems like they're on the downswing of their opening, uh, but it's more fun to see these teams 
battling each other with two generally good teams right now rather than one really good and one really – of course, you wouldn't know that after tonight's game. You would assume <laughs> that the White Sox were, you know, the reigning world champs and the Cubs were the fucking Pirates uh, or something. I, well, that's how that goes. You know? I'm not gloating. I already said Danny in text. I'm like, there's still two more games. I'm like, I am not gloating because the Cubs offense can be explosive and – you know, so what you're saying is you want to come on a, on Sunday. <laughs> then, Lauren's like, yeah. I want to be here on Sunday and give you some shit. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm, well, yeah. no, I will not. I'm going to wait until the end of the season with yeah. the well, series. Well, uh, Lo- it's, a, it's still a long season, right? Lo- Lauren, you're an excellent musician, so I, I challenge you. If you end up by Sunday night, if it's by some, uh, I don't know, not so far-fetched miracle, uh, you end up sweeping the Cubs this weekend. You have to sing a a, a post a post Malone song and and and, and, and wear a wig and about the, and write a song about the White Sox and you can be post game Malone. You know what I mean? Okay. Like oh, nice like, post game Malone. I like, like it. The White Sox called. The Cubs are sucky. And, you know. <laughs> You, you can work it out. I, I know you can. Like, I've written Not as good as you, friend. Danny, but, yeah. but I would try. I would, I would give it my, my best. You don't really have to have that much talent to be on this show. Like That's the beauty of this whole thing. You know? like, <laughs> that's the thing. The people, that, the, the people don't expect too much of us. That's like the beauty of this. Your optimism yeah, is, is refreshing. Is refreshing yeah. Lauren. Well, good thing well, because he's, a, he's an educator of the future. He educates the future of our country. Yeah, but Encarnacion sucked at least. Mm. Yeah, another, another one of your pickups. We uh, generally hate him because he's a DH and he sucks as a DH. So, yeah, I'm good yeah. agree. He's not been great. He's not been. He's not been actually good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not sure why he's still in that spot. Ten million dollars. Well, oh, fair enough. Well, we're losing viewers with every minute, so why don't we... Uh, we ready to wrap this thing yeah, up? Let, let's revisit the porch. Let's. I, I had to get away because there's a fight. A fight broke out, and like I was just like, you know what? It's not the night for this. What is there, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, in, this is what happens when the Cubs lose. Cubs I know, fans I know. start attacking each other. Yeah, exactly. So let, why don't you take us uh, widescreen so everybody can say goodbye over here. Oh, I removed oh, yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you removed <laughs> I did the him. exact opposite. Yeah, the exact. Yeah, there you go. No, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Hold on. <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't, it, How the fuck do I just get on it, you then? Hit the little square of my thing in the lower left hand. Ah, there we go. Yeah, Solo we go. layout. All right, there we go. That's different than a widescreen. All right, there we go. Say, say goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like uh, fucking hee-haw up in here. So, <laughs> so what? Yeah, uh, why don't you why don't you play us out here? Uh, I I can't do I can't do any of the brand or actually I can't. Right? No, I I got you. Let's see. Uh, play the Hawk Harrelson song because fuck that guy still. Yeah, because <laughs> we can all agree that Hawk Harrelson sucks. Come on, yeah, yeah. Lord! I saw you roll your eyes. No, Come on. Hawk is tough. Hawk is tough. Lauren, Lauren, we're gonna get you tomorrow. We're gonna get you tomorrow. I poke you in the head. Hey, that's Bam, why there, boom, oh, boom, boom. Boom. there is no gloating. Yeah, it's, it's all I'm opposite. Not gloating. 
Ow! Yeah. You're it. leading into it. You got to go the other way. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, nice talking to you. Even if it was a shitty game, it was much more fun to hang out with you guys afterwards. Uh, thanks to everybody in the comments section. We always appreciate you guys watching and talking to us. And uh, Spagog. 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 Yeah, you said it. <laughs> it was good to see you guys. You too, brother. Hogs calling White Sox games on the south side of town. But now he won't come to Wrigley Field because Hawk hates the Cubs. It's just a can of corn, can't stand Joe West or Bud Selig. Bashing the umpires, Hawk's such a homer. Hate when he says you can put it on the board, yes. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. Dumb Hawk Harrelson, dumb Hawk Harrelson. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. a dumb Hawk Harrelson. No one likes Hawk Harrelson. I'd really hate my life if I was Steve Stone. He must want to rip off his ears when Hawk's hair stretch and yells he gone. Oh my. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Dumb Hawk Harrelson. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. Just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh no! No! He was safe to No! And another blown call by Hernandez. No! This rule is BS. That's what it is. Pure, simple BS. Says Dagnumman when it's not a hola. Calls a broken bat, single a mad out of a cola. Sit back, relax, and strap it down. He'll say it's the same damn thing every single damn day. Be fleeting me, big cat, no contact in Catacorn. Criticizing umpires, Hawk doesn't like the call. He hates the north side and will come to Wrigley. Hawk's not welcome in the friendly confines. Stay down south with your stupid phrases. In the broadcast booth is where the Hawk wants to die. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. It's not dumb baseball. It's just not baseball. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. That is, that is a flat-out absolute disgrace to the umpiring profession what this guy has been doing. Oh, my. He's just a dumb Hawk Harrelson. You've got to be kidding me. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.